Hello, everyone, and we are live for episode 31 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Matt Greenwood. How are you, mate? Good, Jamie. How are you? Good. Thank you. Now, Matt is a legend in the fitness world. He was actually the first ever franchisee of F45. I repeat, the first ever franchisee of F45, meaning he bought the first ever franchise not owned by head office. Today, we're going to cover the amazing journey of F45 from where it started in Bondi to where it is now and what it was like being day one in the franchise. And we're going to ask a really important question. Did Matt ever meet David Beckham or Mark Wahlberg? Yep, I certainly did meet Marky Mark. I didn't meet Dave Beckham though, but um, yep, got some good photos with Marky Mark and um, he's actually a really good guy. Um, He's very generous with his time and um, he's actually, uh, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time with him, of course, but yeah, he, he came across as a nice guy. Well, guys, we're going to cue the intro. I'll be back in one second. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast, a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch, and along with Jamie, we are your hosts, and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode, and we will speak with you soon. And we're back once again. Matt, thanks for coming on, bud. No worries. So today I am generally excited to go on the F45 journey. I mentioned it in our big trailer, our promotional video, that I don't think we're going to come across many F45s in our lifetime in terms of like the enormous growth it had over such a short period of time. So Matt, I ask this question to every single person I have on the podcast. If I met you at a party and I ask you, what do you do? What would your answer be? Uh, F45 owner. F45 owner. Yep. And amongst, you, other amongst other things. And you currently own two F45s, Edgecliff and Gladesville. What did you do before F45? Uh, well, uh, I was in marketing before. Uh, yeah. And in regards to marketing, what, what type of marketing were you doing? And, and how did that translate over to F45? Yeah, essentially uh, marketing procurement. So we would look after a lot of big clients. We looked after Telstra and a number of big customers. And we'd look after taking the marketing concepts and putting them into creation. So it translated really well into F45, especially for the fit-outs, especially for getting tactile marketing into place. Uh, All our merchandise we source for our our own businesses and and for other customers as well. So, yeah, it's translated pretty well in that regard. So, mate, correct me if I'm wrong, but did F45 start in 2013 or was it actually earlier than that? Do you remember the year? I think it was probably late 12 or early 13. It'd be in there. Yeah. And the, um, and the, so first, the, club the, was, and the first club was in Bondi. Is that correct? Not quite. Very close. The, we're in Paddington. So the very first um, the very first initial, uh, iteration of, of F45 was called Rolex, and that was in the White City Tennis Centre. Okay. Uh, which is no longer. Uh, they knocked the building down about a year ago. But um, yeah, so the pilot was in uh, White City called Rolex. We, they got rebranded in their 45 after a little while and they launched the brand after running the, the pilot for a few months. Um, and yeah, so we, we took over the Paddington uh, studio, the Paddington uh, Territory, 
and that was yeah the, the, the birthplace of f45 it's amazing so f45 rob he owned the first f45 that, that was his business yeah that was his very first one yep absolutely yeah. he, he literally that was the one he uh he kicked off with his own blood sweat and tears um yeah like it was pretty funny you know we were going through and cleaning up some of the old storerooms and stuff and you know you'd find the workout you know t10 or hollywood and it was handwritten on a on a whiteboard you know where the boys had actually literally written it up you know just like an old school gym you know without the branding and and literally worked uh you know created the workouts as they went and I, I guess like what what drew you to the f45 brand like how did you get introduced to it how did you find out about it and when did you think this is an amazing investment opportunity this is the next big thing in fitness yeah good question um i actually got introduced to via my brother my brother was really close mm-hmm. with rob and those boys um and was involved in the pilot of rolex and and um was was helpful in in you know feedback on how the workouts um, ran and, uh, and all that sort of stuff and he, he uh, asked us to come in come in with him and and get the and purchase the Paddington studio off Rob um, and Luke and um, yeah so that was when we first got involved so it was pretty early on I think when we when we got involved it would have been early 13 and um, yeah we, we took it over and, and kept running you know Rob and the rest of the crew were then focused on um, rolling out the franchise, you know, I think they were up to a half dozen when we came in and took yep. over that one. Um, don't quote me on that, but something like that. Mm. And um, it wasn't long after that that we, you know, I, I had been going to the gym for years, but I hadn't really been close to where 45 like my brother had. And he was very, very, um, very strong on the brand and what it was going to do and where it was going to go. And once we got a bit closer to it, you could really see that, um, you know, this was something addictive, you know. Mm. You, go and do a couple of classes and the next thing you know you you know you want to go back which it was pretty abnormal for a gym for a lot of people it's almost hard to conceptualize that in 2013 boutique group fitness gyms didn't exist and f45 was the birth of it and matt it actually pisses me off it really bothers me the amount of bad press that f45 has gotten the last 12 months 24 months because my two gyms, Breakthrough Active, as well as every other independent studio on planet Earth, the Fit Stops, the BFTs, the Strong, they were all built on the back of what F45 created, which is truly, truly remarkable. Yeah, very much so, mate. And, you know, they've really somehow created a niche which you'd think would, would have been there, but it wasn't. And, um, mm. yeah, a lot, and you're right, Jamie, a lot of those businesses have, have taken the model whilst it's, you know, they're offering a different... Um, training ethos you know the, the business model in its in its core has been replicated um, it's, a, it's yeah. amazing because the idea of paying 50 per week for group fitness just didn't exist and i credit f45 to every single person in australia knows that boutique fitness group fitness is around 50 a week it's fun it's fast it's energetic as some form of hit training and f45 created that alongside crossfit um yep. at, at the same time so yeah, yeah. I think one of the big differences with that with with that breakthrough was that um, you know they kind of made it accessible. You know, CrossFit kind of scares a lot of people, even to now. You know, F forty five made it accessible for for the normal person and and you know made it cool, made it made it enticing. Yeah, and I remember when I first heard about F forty five, probably two thousand fifteen. I think one opened in Newcastle around that two year mark when F forty five opened. But mate, what were the 
I, I spoke to a few franchisees, a few owners, and they tell me wild stories where they couldn't stop people from signing up. They'd have people yeah. beating down their door to get in. So, like, what were the early days of F45 like when you first opened? And, like, like what was that? Like, what was the excitement level? Like, what, what happened? Oh, mate, it was mental. Uh, early days, yeah. Like, we, we had, um, you know, 70, 70 or 80 people in a class, you know, I look back at some of the photos now, and <laughs> post in a post-COVID world, you you're terrified because the the you know the um, your personal space is is so uh, impacted. But mate, that was yeah. the norm. Everyone was used to it. You know, you you pick up your towel, you'd leave your your sweat angel and move on, and the next person didn't care. They were just keen to wrapped to be in there. Yeah, it was it was it was wild days. Yeah, and we we're doing a little bit of work together in regards to marketing for Edgecliff and Gladesville, but I guess. 2013 was a very, very different time. The excitement was there. The brand was there. I imagine people would just sign up through a link and wouldn't ask questions. Yeah, our, our, um, our uh, yeah, leads that came in off the website, off our uh, their 45 website were, were, were heaps. Yeah, there was a lot there. Um, the thing we actually struggled with early on wasn't so much that. It was awareness. Like, it sounds stupid to say it now, um, but... No one knew what F45 was. So, like, yeah. one of the first, like, you know, it sounds counterintuitive, right? But a lot of your first questions when you were uh, trying to introduce a member to the club was, you know, have you heard about F45? Do you know about F45? And, like, that for us, that was like the, the litmus test of, of how much market impact had we had. And it, you know, it didn't sort of get till about six, 15, 16, 2015 or 2016, where, people, where the answer became more predominantly yes. You know, we were still creating that market. It's interesting because when you're in the industry, you hear about things early and you just assume that every single person knows what F45 is. But it's interesting that it was still like a two-year period before it was like, we'll call it mass market adoption, where every single person in Australia knew that what F45 did so well, Matt, it was it was an amazing marketing tactic. It was just the post-session photo in front of that semicircle F45 sign. And that was just, yep. that was everywhere. Wasn't it, mate? But now everyone does it. It doesn't matter what your logo is behind you. You get in front of the big wall and take a photo and yeah. show off the vibe of the studio. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, 100%. And I guess like over that journey being from day one to having thousands of clubs opening and they went international, what were the biggest things that you saw change at F45? Like did it get... Did it get easier as the brand got bigger and bigger in Australia or did more competition start to come in? At what point did you, I guess, see that's an F45 clone? <laughs> like, and they, they just moved next door. Um, we didn't really see it until just before COVID, if I'm honest. You know, there was um, BFT were obviously floating around the background there for quite a while before COVID, but, you know... Um, they kind of got tied up with some legal disputes with head office and that probably slowed down, slowed them down a little bit. Um, so that was sort of the first clone that popped up. Um, and look, you know, to be fair, the BFT guys, look, they're doing a, a bit different. It's not exactly the same, um, but you know, the delivery model's very similar. There's a different color and there's a slightly different workout behind it. So, you know, yeah, you could say the same thing about Hungry Jacks and McDonald's and, Break two out is an F45 clone. Like every, I meant what I said at the start, like I am just blown away by F45 because 
people need to thank F45 for their independent gym success because without F45, like the brand that F45 built and the years that it built building that to, hey, boutique fitness, group personal training, functional fun, 50 per week, that was made famous by F45. Yeah. And then like, you wouldn't believe how many phone calls I've had, Matt, or it's like, oh, is this like, is this like F45? It's, all, it's, not, it's not even fitness or exercise. It's F45. Like this in my hand is called a telephone, but we call it an <laughs> iPhone, right? It's that's an iPhone. Crazy. And that's what I think F45 did. It's not even like, it's not even a workout. Like I'm doing F45, which, which is just yeah. amazing marketing. Yeah, it's like the, the Hoover is the vacuum cleaner, you know, for that era of people. Yeah, now it's a Dyson. Dyson copied Hoover. BFT copied Hoover. I'll have to yeah. update my language. <laughs> yeah. I um I often think like with BFT and Fitstop and Strong and The Yard and there's 20 others, like how many more times are the public going to accept a new concept? How many more times are people going to think, well, hang on, like I've already done this at F45. These walls are painted differently. And I, I think that's the same question, mate. I, I think the public's smart enough now that it's only going to take a couple of iterations for everyone to go, it's the same shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like it is. You said, you know, it's a different yeah. color and the workout's a bit different. So, mm. you know, yeah. that was one thing I always thought of that F45 had, had the strength because they were in the marketplace. You know, they were the first to market. They took up the the lion's share of the marketplace. And yeah, there's the new competitors coming out with slightly different workouts and what have you. But, you know, F45's already got the footprint. They've already got the reach. They've already got the delivery vehicle. All they've got to do is change the training. You know, all they've got to do is change what's coming through the TV, which yeah. is relatively yeah. simple. And just like from, from my point of view, we're working with about 50 gyms across Australia, probably 13 or 14 of them are F45. And 10 out of the 14 F45s, our, our top performing account with our done for everything service. And don't get me wrong, I think I'm a great market and a great salesperson, but like having the F45 brand behind me is a lot easier to sell than the typical sure. independent gym. And when I speak to an F45 owner or a BFT or a fit stuff, I think like if these little independent gyms break through active behind the mechanic down the dirt road can get 100 members, you better believe F45 can. Yeah, absolutely. So when you first opened up, mate, and you had Paddington, do you remember yeah. what was your peak membership number when you had classes of 70 in there? Yeah, with Paddington, we got to, I think we got to early 200s, um, 220, 230 members, um, which was a lot because it was a pretty small footprint. We only had mm. about 140 square metres of actual studio floor. Uh, um, it it would have been just next to each other, four trainers, music loud. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like Hollywood, the Saturday classes, if anyone's down there at 55, you're going to know your, the Hollywood Saturday classes, and that's, uh, what is it, 24 stations. So, you know, you've, you've got 48 people in a room, you've got two a station, and it's, you know, it's like two people every square metre. It's pretty wild. Um, in the in the Gladesville studio, yeah, we had nearly 500 members just before COVID. And, um, sorry, yeah, sorry, we, you had 500 members in one studio? 500 members in one studio. All right, that is the power yeah. of F45, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was huge. Um, yeah, we had yeah nearly 80 people in classes, uh, in our busier classes, of course. And um, yeah, that was mental as well. And that, that studio floor was a couple hundred square metres, about 220, I think it is, 230. And um, yeah, again, jam-packed. 
you know, you'd, you'd walk in and the temperature was five degrees hotter than the outside from the other day, you know, where you'd just come from and music was thumping yeah. and, you know, you couldn't help but get excited with the, with the energy that was in that room. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, mate, I guess, like, what do you attribute the success to of F45? Like, it was obviously novel when it first started. It grew incredibly quickly. Why do you, like, why do you think that was? Um, I think a few things, you know, people like the average punter who wants to look after themselves, you know, that they don't necessarily want to come and grind out the world's hardest ex, hardest workout for 90 minutes and, it, and it's a massive burden of your time. You know, I think people want it to be fun. They want it to be convenient and, and they want to have the result with it, not necessarily, you know, sitting there at a, at a weight rack for two hours and then you can't walk the next day, you know? So mm. making it fun, making it um, accessible and also making it so you can do it with your mates and, and you build a bit of a community. So like, I think that's probably one of the key key things is that, you know, you came into the studio, you saw the two or three blokes or, or women or, or your friends who you'd been training with, you know, and you, all of a sudden you're having the, the banner, the chat, oh, how was your weekend? What are you up to today? You know, you automatically, your energy levels rise just from mm -hmm. the, the the emotional reaction of coming into the studio so yeah and then you know you you do four or five sessions a week and then someone says to you geez you're looking good and so you're getting mm -hmm. positive reinforcement externally from the studio you're getting positive reinforcement from being in the studio um yeah i think that's yeah a lot of i think I think the majority of people are just flat out hopeless when it comes to the exercise. And I say that with love and respect, but having that group of people, having your friends in the class, the friends saying, Hey, are you coming today? As opposed to the yes. gym and doing it. It's so powerful. And yeah, that group accountability. yeah I'm, I'm, I think F45 is like challenge 41 or 42 now, but the first eight week challenge was, was revolutionary where it was the eight week yeah. challenge, 400 bucks. There's a massive prize up for grabs with the end of challenge party. I remember in Newcastle, mate, I think there's like five studios in Newcastle and they all banded together and put up a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. That's pretty hard. That's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> Especially a, a one man band in the corner, mate, you're not wrong. Yeah. Did you guys have any big challenge parties? Did you often network with other studios in the area and come together or what was that like for you? Yeah, we had an absolute shit ton of challenge parties. Um, I think one one party we spent five grand on the bar. <laughs> we used to have some pretty wild parties at the end of the bar, end of the challenge. And um, yeah, we'd have, I don't know, probably some of the biggest ones we would have had 150 people. Yeah, you know, we would we'd take out the whole pub and yeah. um, literally take it over like, you know, probably just bigger than a, a wedding for Christ's sake. You know, you, <laughs> like literally yeah. multiple parties we would have spent, yeah, north of four or five grand on the bar. Uh, I like remember, as our uh, business owner and, you know, we just lay it on for everyone and, you know, it was fantastic. With uh, And the challenge parties, mate, they're full of mums and it's their mums one night at a quarter. They get the babysitters prepared and they absolutely yep. go bonkers <laughs> yeah that look not just the mums but uh, there was a lot of stories that i can't repeat <laughs> yeah of course of course now i guess like like being a part of f45 and i often talk to a lot of franchisees that different different companies different ones like 
have you wanted to do implement changes to F45? Have you wanted to do things in studio that you had to ask F45 permission for? What is that process like for anyone looking at buying a franchise? Yeah, look, I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. So we just, and for anyone who's at head office, please turn off right now. But look, we just tend to do a few things that might not have been in line with the franchise. You know, our first yeah. and primary focus was a member experience and making sure, you know, we delivered the best thing for our student, for our members and our studio. So, you know, we were doing a few things that F45 have now brought in, you know, that we were doing those before it was part of the franchise. Um, and, and, what, some what, and, what, and what were some of those things, mate? Um, well, some of those things. Probably just some tweaks to the programming, um, mainly heavier weights, bigger barbells, um, what else? What else? Um, I think that's super important, right? Because with F45 being that it's partner workouts and circuit workouts, to improve your attention, to improve your churn, there has to be some form of progressive overload. And that's where yeah. having that heavier barbell in place and that person can go from deadlifting a kettlebell to a barbell, that's a massive, massive win. And what we found at Breakthrough Active is if someone lost a bunch of weight and they're at their, effectively their, their goal weight, they had to have that next thing to work towards, which yeah, is quite totally a, a strength goal. And at, yeah. at the end of the day, you can only do so many fucking star jumps in 45 seconds. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, that, that's what we were finding. Some of our churn was actually, we we got these people too fit and too strong for the workouts. The workouts weren't hard enough after that. So you're like, oh, far out, you're joking. We've had this member for two years or three years or whatever the number is. And... Um, I've got to lay the room out now differently. I've got to make sure instead of a, I'm maxing out on a 20 kilo dumbbell, I've got 40 kilo dumbbells so that the guys can, can knock out an 80 kilo bench press. Or, you know, I've got 200 kilos on the deadlift, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so traditionally, F45 was only set up to run up to, I think it was 60 kilos on a, on a bar. Um, mm. Yeah. Make sure you can stress, you know, progress people. With F45, obviously the model, the branding, what, what do head office provide you guys? Do they provide you like a 12-month marketing plan? Is there a, like, is there a, I, I honestly just don't know. Is there a person you can call if you're – do you have like an area area manager? Like what is the what is the support like? Yeah, look, support's pretty good. A lot of it's based via email. Um, so if you've got any queries or anything like that, you know, you just bang an email out to support and they're pretty good. Um, for the most part, like I've got to be honest, like it's established. You know, the big thing with F45 is that, you know, as you said, it's you know, we're nearly 10 years old or we are 10 years old. So, you know, most of the bugs are gone. You know, the the, the, the delivery of um, the programming and the classes into the into the studio just works seamlessly. Um, yeah. The websites, the, I think we're launching a new one in a couple of weeks and that'll be the fourth or fifth iteration. So, you know, the stuff just works. You know, so yeah. you, don't, you don't really need a lot of support. And I don't, I don't want to gloss over that because there's two gym owners that I know that have been open for 10 years. One of them is you and owner of an F45, and one of them is a vision in, in Rose Bay, actually, right around the corner. Yeah. So people often... You have a copy bash, with that guy. Aaron, good dude. People often bash on franchises, and especially F45, all of the bad press is getting at the moment. But I challenge you to find an independent fitness studio owner that has been open for 10 years. 
It's, mm. it's a massive, massive, massive accomplishment. Most gyms don't make it past that three-year mark. They don't, they don't re-sign that second lease. And I think that respectfully, I've met a lot of F45 owners that are nowhere near as skilled as the independent studio owners, but the brand is just so fucking strong that it just, it, it matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they, you know, there's a lot of marketing collateral you can leverage, you know, so, you know, you're not, you're not creating all this artwork and all these brand ex executions that, you know, most, most people don't know how to do, you know, so you'd be paying a fortune to designers and all that sort of stuff to try and make your presence look professional. Um, you know, that's one of the big things about a franchise, isn't it? You know, they, they give 100%. you that and I think I think I just like I'm going to repeat myself again, but like it actually really bothers me the about the amount of bad press F45 is getting. Like they're saying that a few studios are closing. There's gyms closing everywhere. It's not F45, oh, and I'm not, and I'm not going to name names, but there's franchisees, other franchisees that are closing that haven't been open ten yeah. years. And yeah, mostly. Yeah, and and I think like well, no, if you're trying to bait me into the conversation, I'll, I'll buy it, but. Um, the the you know one of the big things that really frustrates myself and a lot of the other network owners is that um, you know the share price you know plummeted but that was off the back of the funding line being pulled for all the new franch a lot of franchises to be opened and um, you know that was purely because the financier didn't see uh, the strength in the in the business model now that's a reflection of the entire industry, as you as you're saying, Jamie. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, like it's it's not so, F45. There was a there was a pandemic. There is massive inflation. Yeah. Like, one yep. of the most amazing things, Matt. And I, I'm I'm 33, so I'm young enough to remember this. But like, this is the first recession I've been through as an adult. I haven't yeah. experienced it before. But what's more amazing is these boutique studio gyms that charge 50, 60, 70, 80 a week, they've only ever existed in the greatest economy in the history of the world. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, so it'd be good to look back at the GFC, see what happened in around 2008, whether or not, um, well, they didn't exist really, did they? So that'd be nothing to review. Yeah, but it's more just like, they're, they're, of course, with any businesses, ups and downs. And, and I really wasn't trying to bait you in the conversation. I'm just, I'm team F45. And I just, I see it on the ground with all the people that we work with. Like the F45s that we work with, they still get the best cost per lead. They get the best cost per booking. They get the best cost per sale. They have amazing, like one thing that we do with our done for everything service is like, when I work with independent studio owners, I have to give them an onboarding system. Hey, this is how you onboard a trial. I have to make sure that their delivery in club is good. Their trainers are energetic. Their, their workouts are great. I bring an F45 on. I know it's fucking good. <laughs> like, I don't got to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, the chances of it not being run well are a lot less, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So when, when it went public on the New York Stock Exchange, like, did that yep. impact anything at the ground level? Did that change anything for you guys, like, location to location? Um. We didn't think so at the time, but um, you know, look, it probably did. You know what? I, I've not thought about that question, but if if I think back around how the negative press has had an influence, you know, you'd have to assume that the positive press had a big influence too, um, and maybe that, that you know because they were very good. You know, head office is very good at the PR side and getting the publicity out there and getting that um, 
for public relations really working. You know, they're really strong on all the ambassadors and and getting the uh, the brand in in lots of different spots. Um, so yeah, look, it probably did have a big influence because you know we were as a network we were flying mm. at, at that point in time. So yeah, it probably did. And one thing that independent studios will never experience is having an ambassador like Mark Mark Wahlberg or or David Beckham. Yeah. I remember I had a friend from high school who was actually in the, I think it was the Hollywood studio and it was the first F45 opened in America and Mark Wahlberg yeah. was walking out, working out next to you. Pretty hard to compete <laughs> with. That's pretty cool, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was that like when they, when they signed on with F45 and they honestly endorsed it to the moon? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, our friends who'd never thought about F45 or a gym in their lifetime before we're talking about it. Oh, man, you know, did you meet Marky Mark and all this sort of stuff? And like, first time you ever asked me about my business. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, back yeah. to your point, Jamie, about do anything, we probably did, you know, it probably yeah. did. I went and saw Ted at the movies, enjoyed Mark Wahlberg. Oh, he goes to F45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all he needs to do is bring out Wahlberger to Sydney and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. I, um, I guess with the F45 brand being so strong and there being so many clones, so many iterations, I am, I'm looking forward to having this chat in 10 years time and seeing where F45 is and where the iterations are. Yeah, totally. I, I think some of them, you know, that probably one will survive. I think F45's got the reach and the footprint already. They'll, they'll be fine. But, and I think one will survive. I think there's enough room in the market for one, maybe two. Yeah. Or maybe you'll see them in little pockets, you know, like BFT will get a hold in a certain area. and Yeah. What, what, I, what I find interesting with, with franchises, and if head office sees this, they're probably not going to like what I'm about to say, especially the, the new ones, because F45 is proven, but like there's a franchise that has just opened where I live and they haven't been open yep. for five years yet. They've been open for like two or three years. Yep. And they're opening up new locations and they're asking people to do a five-year a five-year agreement. And my whole thought process is like, how can you tell someone to do a five-year agreement when your flagship store hasn't been open for five years? And I know F45 didn't do that, but it's 2023. There's hundreds of competitors in your area. It is a completely different landscape. And, and I almost find that like, if you're going to sell a franchise, fuck, you better believe in it. <laughs> You better have a track record, a systems are proven. I would yeah. bet my life, I would bet my life, Matt, that there's no other iteration of F45 that got to 500 members like Gladesville. I don't think it's possible anymore, mate. No, totally agree. Yeah. No and, and, but, then, but then they're selling it based on that, right? So I think, I think the fitness industry in general is in for a very interesting 10-year period. Yeah. Uh, because because the, the the new exciting group fitness thing isn't on trend anymore, and I see it with all the F45s. Like the brand is still so strong, but like your your skills as a franchisee as an owner has to increase with it. And yep. sending a sending a link doesn't cut it anymore. No, that's right. The value proposition has to be so much more than it used to be. It's definitely a much more competitive market. There's no way about it. No doubt about it. And, you know, back back to your point about. Um, the, you know, other franchises selling the peak business model of what F45 was. You know, funnily enough, when F45 first started selling the franchises, 
the business model was literally a um i'm on battery here on the laptop hopefully it doesn't die. <laughs> um uh what literally was an owner operator model you know the, the 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 head trainer was the business owner was meant to be the business owner and you'd have a couple of casuals floating around the roster and that was the business model um and i think that you know you and i were talking about it the other week i think yeah, if you look back, look at the current climate, you know, a lot of the business models are going to work that it, that needs that will need to work are going to have to be a lot leaner than, you know, back when we were running 500 members and we had a team of 10 people servicing that. You know, it's, mm. it's going to be hard to see those days return for, for quite some time, if ever. Yeah, if anything, I think gyms need to get leaner, not more expensive. And the, the owner-operator with one kick-ass part-timer with 200 members, that's a business model that pumps. Yeah, that's not, a good model. Not 500 members with, with, with 10 staff with a crèche running sessions on a Sunday. Like, it's just... It's just and, and the thing is, too, like, what, what, I guess, if anyone's listening, opening up a franchise, when you open up a new gym, it is the most exciting time to be a gym owner because you're the new kid on the new corner Every person in town that's out of shape, overweight, thinks this is my opportunity to get in shape. I'm going to go yeah. try this new, brand new F45. And yeah, it, literally, totally. it literally gets harder to run a gym every single month that you're open. And once again, just, just a massive credit to you, Matt, and F45. Like 10 years, it's, it's unbelievable. Like you last longer than video easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like our studio at Gladesville is in a video easy store. <laughs> uh, how things come yeah, around honestly, the video easy fit at the video easy footprint fits an f45 perfect like whatever their brand guidelines were for video easy was such a perfect fit and there's lots of f45s that went into video easies <laughs> yeah of course of course well mate how do you see the future of the future of f45 like because there's there's so much negative press around it but we know the yep. truth what does the next five years look like for F45 in terms of their next iteration of their own product program? What do you think happens? Yep. Look, I think um, F45 head office are really, really knuckling in. Like the, the guys are not giving in. You know, they've fought their ass off to get the market share, to get the footprint, to get to where we are. There's no way that people are walking away from what we've built. You know, so the, the, the talk of F45 you know, disbanding and going broke, you know, it straight up won't happen, I don't think. Um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I, I, I think that there's way too many people too heavily invested to walk away from it. Um, so with that platform, you know, I think what we'll see is, is just considered and careful iteration, you know, changes in, in different iterations. You know, the guys are bringing out a lot of different workouts now and the workouts are really dynamic and um, there's a lot of, feedback loops now with our clients and our members to make sure that we're getting you know new and fresh training and it's not just the same workout you know a lot of the workouts yeah. now have got they've got amraps and they've got um, partnered workouts and you know we've brought in head office have brought in all the heavier equipment you know so it won't be long now until i wouldn't be that surprised if you see a squat rack in the future and you know they really have the ability to tailor to a broader spectrum of training than just what you know you know, the star jumps and the burpees and some yeah. lightweights where F45 first began. I was discussing this with Mitch before our podcast, Matt, and I think if you look at brands in Australia, I think McDonald's, KFC, number one with a bullet. Nothing compares. Yeah. 
Under that, let's say there's a Porto, Subway, Domino's. I truly believe that F45 is in that category. You would have to go far and wide to not meet someone that hasn't heard of F45, that hasn't experienced F45. I'm going to say it again. F45 head office, thank you for making my job as an independent fitness studio easier. Thank you for popularizing boutique group fitness because without you and CrossFit, we wouldn't exist. And that that's the fucking truth. Not all the bad press you're getting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and look, the guys are working really hard at getting the be- getting better press out there. There's a lot of activity, and there's so many great stories around the network. And and you know the, the impact that we have on people's lives is, is truly amazing. And that's that's why people do this. You know, that's that's what we're, we're everyone's about. So I think getting those stories out to the market is 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 so important. Yeah, cool. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for your time today. Really, really, really appreciate it. The journey's been incredible. Love working with you and your team. Jazz, everyone involved. Mate, I can tell... Oh, there we go. Matt's laptop died. Guys, thanks for watching. Have a lovely, lovely, lovely day.